Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the podcast Seeking Happiness, where Didier Soulier and myself, Andrew Milligan, we are on a journey to find what happiness is, how do we get there, how do we find it, how do we make positive changes in our life. Um, both me and Didier really want to do that and what we understand is there's real people that are living real lives that have managed to do this so we are trying our best to interview those people and and work out how have they made changes can we make those positive changes in our life and hopefully yourself as a listener you can take some inspiration from what they say during the interviews and um, you can make some positive changes for yourself so today I'm going to be talking with a chap called Paul Candelant, who is a an actor, essentially. And I met him on a shoot um, probably in the last week. We started speaking and realised we had a lot in common, even from the place where we grew up, Chemseywood in Birmingham. Um, so we, we hit it off straight away, and Paul started telling me a few details about his life story, and I was so blown away, I asked Paul to... To share his life story with with myself, Didier, and all the listeners, because I felt he is someone that can make a real positive change for us all. So, um, yes, without further ado, um, I'm going to let you listen to Paul's amazing story about his life and where he's at now and how he's got there, and hopefully you too can seek happiness like Paul. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Seeking Happiness with myself, Andrew Milligan, and with Didier Soulier from France. Are you out there, Didier? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Andy. Brilliant. Okay. And today we've got a really interesting guest. I met him on a film shoot going back a few days ago and asked him, because we had a brief conversation, I asked him to to become a guest on our podcast to share some of his story with you because I thought it would really really help everybody see that there is there is hope and there there is there is life after despair and anyone who's seeking happiness this is the man really I want you to listen to for the next half an hour at least are you out there Paul yes I'm here <laughs> oh thanks for joining us Paul so we've got Paul Candelance um, and Paul, I'm going to ask you to start off by telling us a little bit about, uh, yeah, I'm going to ask you to tell us a little bit about your life journey. Yeah, so my pleasure. Walk, yeah, walk or talk us through your childhood first, uh, things like where you grew up and what your upbringing looked like. Okay, not a problem. Okay, so um, I was born in a city called Birmingham. I'm sure, I'm sure you all know where it is. Um, we um, we grew up on a on a state called Chelmsford, um, so it wasn't it wasn't the safest place in the eighties, um, but it was it was always it was good. Um, and then my family uh, took us out to live in Tamworth, which is a small town just outside Tamworth, uh, just outside Birmingham. And I've got to be honest, it was probably the best thing they ever did. Um, I had a great childhood. Um, great memories, uh, playing football so we couldn't see the ball, um, having a game of tracking, um, great, great, great memories of, of growing up. Um, so I think leaving, leaving Birmingham when we did in the 80s was uh, was probably the best thing, to be honest. 
Yes, Paul. Um, I don't know whether we spoke about this, but I, I also grew up in Chelmsley Wood in the 80s. Yeah, I think you think we, we briefly spoke. Um, I think that's how we had a little connection to start with. Um, yes. Yeah, I think, I think you briefly mentioned it, yeah. And what you what you mentioned there about playing football to the dark hours or until until that kid on your street who owned the football took it home and playing tracking, yeah. that brought back a lot of memories for me. Uh, yeah, mate. I mean, in Tamworth, it was a lot safer to play um, than it was where I grew up in Chelmsford. Um, so we had, yeah. we had the freedom of just doing what we wanted, basically. Um, we were just general kids. We loved to laugh. Um, we played up the neighbourhood, but nothing, nothing ever really serious. We were just being kids and playing up. Yeah, um, maybe a little bit of door run, Paul. Bit of knockdoor run. Um, yeah, that was uh, good times, man. Good memories. Good memories. I'm glad. I'm glad I grew up when I did. Um, I really am. Thank God for parents. That's all that's, I can say. That, yeah, that's brilliant. And you, you, you seem to me to have had a really, a really happy childhood and a good close relationship with your family. That yeah, yeah. I can't stress enough how where I am today um, has been because of my family, my mum, my dad, my sister. Um, and I suppose my auntie and uncles as well to a stretch. Um, we've always been there. I mean, every Sunday when I was a young kid, right up until about 10 years ago, we used to go fishing every Sunday, me and my dad and my uncle, my dad's brother. Um, so that used to give me something like, for, especially when I was a bit younger and I didn't see my uncle um until on a Sunday. Um it gave me something to look forward to. And um I loved it. I really did. I still I still do a bit of fishing when I'm not on set um now, but back then it was it was always it was always a lot of fun. And do you ever catch anything, Paul? <laughs> only a, only a cold mate on a, on a on a cold morning. <laughs> yeah, a cold and a bit of flu. So I just want to move on now, Paul. That you know, really happy childhood. And I remember you telling me when we met a few days ago that you went from that really happy, safe, normal upbringing, and you visited some really dark corners. Can you can you tell us a bit a bit about those dark corners and how you dealt with them? I mean, as we as we all grow older, we all tend to lose our innocence every step of the way as we get older. So. For me, um, I went from being pretty sheltered, to be honest, having a safe upbringing, nice, nice, nice neighbourhood, good neighbours, good friends. And then as you grow older, you seem to make your own choices and they're not always the right ones. So I started hanging around with the wrong people. Um, I started going to the gym a lot more when I turned about 16. Um, basically because I wanted to become a professional footballer as a goalkeeper. And um, but just before we get to that, yeah, I went to, as I got older, I went to a few dark places. One, mainly because I was trusting and befriending the wrong people and and I was making the wrong choices along the way. So um, all the mistakes I did make back then, have made me into the person I am today. So I don't regret none of them. I just regret 
dragging other people down with me at the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing we we all regret is, um, you know, it's just taking our family members and putting them through difficult difficult times when it's when it's our fault and our responsibility. Do you just want to tell us a bit about those dark spaces that you visited, Paul? Of course. Um, back in 2007 um, and just before then, I had a great girl uh, called Helen Jones. She was, uh, where do I start? She was, um, she was, uh, sorry about this. Right. It was that, it was that, um, very it's very emotional when you try and think back to you know really happy happy times and that's that's exactly what we're here for we're, we're trying to find how people seek back happiness how do we get back to a place of happiness for ourselves so don't don't worry about it if you're emotional it's fine yeah so for me um i was i was given a, a great girl that i didn't realize at the time uh fast forward to about 2007, I was given the chance to go to America and play football. So I took the chance, the opportunity, and next thing I knew, I was over in New York um, on my own. Uh, felt like a small fish in a huge pond. And I knew, I knew mentally that I couldn't be trusted with this responsibility, with, this, with the mindset I had at the time. Uh, so out of three years, I lasted one year. Um, I returned back to England and I never went back. But after then, um, that's when the downward spiral happened. I I, befri I befriended new new friends, the wrong friends. I um, I started to take drugs. I committing um, I was committing things that was going to get me in trouble in a few years time from that point. And I just couldn't see it at the time. I was, I was, I was too caught up in my own, my own moments, if that's what you want to say. And I ended up in prison um, in 2012. And I've got to be honest, it, it, it was a huge shock for me. I was never built for prison. I'd never seen it coming. Everyone else did but me. Um, so that Friday night, I was in Winston Green. On the Thursday evening, I was I was lying in bed and I left my blinds open and it cast a shadow on the wall of what looked like bars. And I was looking at Helen, just thinking, is this going to be the last time? Just a lot of what ifs and what maybes. And then 24 hours later, I was lying in a bunk bed in Winston Green. Um, I cried myself to sleep that evening and when I woke up on the Saturday morning I thought it was a dream until I heard one of the doors slam and then it sort of yeah I wasn't a dream it was my, my reality and while I was there I was looked after a lot by a lot of people that didn't really need to and a lot of that was not down to me. It was down to God and and the way Jesus was prepping me for him, which I didn't realise at the time. 
Um, so I just sort of went with it. And while I was in Winston Green, I had a, an incident um, where I was, my cell was ransacked basically. I had the TV taken, everything that I took in with me had gone. Um, and that evening, when I queued up for lunch or dinner, um, I hadn't ordered anything on the machine that you're meant to. So basically, I, I ordered no food. And the guy that was serving the dinner at the time looked like Green Mile. He was the biggest <laughs> black guy I'd ever seen with Rolexes and gold chains. And I thought, I'm not going to get anything from this guy. I'm really not. And I was still wearing my shoes, my, tra- my trousers and shirt from court a couple of days previous. So he could see that I'd, I'd just arrived. And bless him, he gave me the best food I've had in 48 hours. I couldn't wait to get back to my cell just to get some food in me. And I didn't make the cell. I was tripped over on my way past and my dinner went all over the place. So I had two choices. I could either go back to my cell and be seen as weak or stand up for myself. So I decided to stand up for myself. But little did I know that the guy that gave me the food had come from behind the counter to pick me up off the floor. And he just says to me, can you go back to your cell and I'll bring you food? So he did. And that that evening, he uh, changed the rest of my life because he sat down and said he wanted three things from me. (laughs) I was like, I can't believe this. One was he didn't want to see me sitting in my cell at break times. Two, he wanted to see me in the gym. And then the third one was I took my Bible in there with me um, for sentencing just to see if it would work and save me, but it didn't. But it saved me in another way. It saved me in a way where this guy asked me if it was my Bible and I was going to say no, but in a quiet voice, I said, yeah. And he says, good, because you'll need it. Um, and I'll get someone to take you to the chapel uh, every Sunday. So for the four weeks I was in Winston Green, I was looked after, not because I was weak, but because I was true to God. And he put that man as big as he was and as mean as he looked, what he was looking, he looked after me. And my time could have been a lot worse in Winston Green if it hadn't been for that man. Um, but I like to think that because I was, I was, I was, I was honest and I was true. That God's God's the reason that I'm I'm here today. I didn't know that at the time, but sitting here today, I can categorically say it's the truth. Paul, I'm I'm going to I'm going to move on to a little bit about that in a second. But I think Didier's got a question to ask you. Well, it's a bit of a tangent, but it's about the mental health issues. And because that's, that is quite a big topic at the moment, that males are encouraged to share their inner problems and issues. And we wanted to ask you if, um, is that an area that you understand personally, Paul? Barry, um, I was put on suicide watch while I was in in prison. Um, I'd given up, to be honest. I... I I'd, 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 I'd lost Helen. My dad 
I'd had a heart attack. My mum had had a breakdown. Um, right. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see me. I didn't see myself getting through this. And I always had footprints, which was like a a nice passage to read that was on my wall because it looked good. And I never really understood footprints until my journey through prison, where I collapsed in there in the court and God carried me through my whole sentence but still when I came out of prison um, mental illness was only just setting in um, I, I, like I said I turned to drugs I locked myself away um, I then was chucked out of the family home so I was living in my car for a few weeks and I just felt worthless didn't think I was going to go anywhere um, Drugs was the way I could get out of that just for a small few hours. Um, I just didn't want to face my future without being off my face. And and that's exactly what I did day in, day out, until I had the car accident. <clears throat> and when I had the car accident, obviously, I lost my home. But I also broke my neck and my back, which... Um, God put me where he needed to put me. I couldn't move. I couldn't run away. I couldn't run away to go and get high. I was stuck. But it was the best thing. I know it sounds absolutely crazy, but God would never put you in a position that you can't deal with. And it reminded me of the book of Job where God said to Satan, okay, you can attack him. Just don't kill him. Mm. And that's exactly what happened to me. But without, without, without your family, your friends, your true friends, and support, then my mental health would never have, would never have succeeded. And there's only one book. There's only one book that I read now, and it's the only book that helps me day in and day out, and that's the Bible. Hmm. Um, Paul, Paul, I was just going to say. Um, one of the things we were going to touch on because we, we try and touch on it with all the guests that we speak to is about what what books do you read now so you you we, we normally ask if are there any books that you can recommend for our listeners why so I, I would i would imagine what you would respond is the bible the bible there's no there's no there's no other book that you need beginning instructions before leaving earth and that's how i see the word bible there's nothing else. There's nothing else in need. Um, it's the most powerfulest book ever written. It's the most successful book ever written, and it's the only book yes. that will keep you in every time you read it that's ever been written. So there's only one book think, you need to read, and that's a Bible. I think those are fantastic words. I think I explained to you why I am an English teacher. I, I I've been out of the career for a couple of months now that's when I met you on the the extra work and the the acting um but as a as an English teacher um you know it's it I and a Catholic I'm Catholic I was quite surprised myself that I hadn't delved into the Bible enough and I, I had I had started reading it myself Paul recently just to just because I've got that thirst and thought you know this this can really help me well, for I was, me, I was going to ask you. 
I was going to ask you, Paul, now that you're talking about your spiritual side, because I think that's a really a really important topic for, for anyone that's seeking happiness. Can, can you explain to us what your spiritual side looks like and what it brings into your life? What what does that entail? Is it is it just the reading of the Bible or are there other no, things? No, no, no. Um, my 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 faith is the whole reason I am living a boyhood dream that's become a fantasy. You know, I never thought in a million years that I would become the person I am today. Never in the in a million years. When I just before I went to prison, I did and that's the commercial for obviously for Asda, but in Tamworth where they wanted local people for this production. And luckily I was one of the ones that were picked. I was just sitting on a bench eating a Greg's that Saturday morning. And just having some I, random food. Somebody somebody walked past and said food, random, food, random food, man, just sitting there in the morning. I was asked if I wanted to audition. I auditioned a few days later. And then I was in a commercial. Um in the summer of wow. 2011 and obviously 2012 Brilliant. came um and i was sent to prison so that's ended as quickly as it started but and it's a big but and it's the but that connects everything and it's an important but this is it's massive um i received an email that came through to my phone from the guy that casted me in that commercial and he asked me one question, what are you up to? And it's the question that changed the rest of my life. Um, and the reason that it came through at that particular time is that I had took time out of my life to find God, to get to know him, to get to know his voice, to get to know when he's talking to me, to get to know when he's showing me things, to get to know him so I can recognize him. Um, and I was given an um, opportunity to be in Bangor Abroad. I know, of all things. <laughs> so we had a laugh and a joke. And um, jokingly, I said to the casting director, what will I be? A policeman. And I was a US police marshal. So we had a great wow. laugh and a joke. It broke the ice a bit. And um, and that's where I, I went on production. I did the, I did the shoot. And that's where... I met a guy called Grant Crooks, who now shares the house with me. And he's um, it's a full time. He's, he's an actor himself for 20 years. And he's opened up some huge doors for me. And because of the reason, I said to him, I went back to my day job after I did that one shoot. And it was always on my mind. I needed to give, it, give this a go. This has happened for a reason. So I said to Grant, can you get me some extra work? just to see if I can do this, um, see if I can be in front of a camera, see if I can talk to people. Um, and then that's how my journey started. I started as an extra. I I learned the trade. I found out that God gave me a God's gift to to be able to do this and and do it well. Do it well where I could actually earn it and, be, and it could be my living. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, it's amazing, bro, because uh, I think when I was having my chat with you, when we met on the uh, on that BBC thing the other day that we did, I, I had a very similar story. That That's why yours really, really stood out to me. I, I had a random email from uh, 
from uh, from an agency that I'd signed up for many years ago when I started in a band with Didier. I thought it'd be a good way of contacting musicians. And um, and I had a random email asking me to go along to be in a production called The Colour Room, which was made for Sky. Um, and I, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't expect to get paid. I didn't know what to expect, really. And I turned up. Uh, my 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 partner was laughing at me, saying, "When I was when I explained, I'm going to this fitting. Where where's the fitting? Oh, it's in Leek. Where's Leek? Sort of up north somewhere. I've just got about 45 minutes drive. How do you know who it is? And was being really negative about it. But I felt it was something. It was like a journey that I had to go on myself. It was something different. I'm, I'm yeah, from, from the I, team I need, that I've been doing. Well, I need to say, obviously, before. Before we met on the BBC, we'd actually met on a film that we didn't even realise. And just before we get back to that, um, when just before I I went to do this banged up abroad, my family had helped me get a business off the ground. Only a small gardening company, um, uh, nothing massive. I had a few people working for me, but for me, it was massive you know I'd never done this before and I had a lot of support as I said but when I took the opportunity in my mind to say okay I've done this acting I'm going to pursue this I had to go into my family's home and tell them mum dad everyone I'm going to give up work and I'm going to be an actor on tv <laughs> I've got to be honest I was vilified. I was. I was called. I've been through that one, mate. It's it's quite it's quite a difficult conversation. Yes, I mean, I was banned from the family home. I was. Um, I was a dreamer. I was. I was. I was a complete nut job. Complete nut job. Um, but fast forward a year, two years, in fact, um, I'm now obviously I'm a full time actor, and my family is supporting me that much. They've even paid for a hair transplant for me, which I've wanted for years, and I could wow. never really afford it, to be honest. So, well, for their support, you, bro. yes, mate, yeah, um, and that's why I say that your family and your support network is everything you need, and you need to keep that as strong as you possibly can. Yes, I f I fully agree. Yeah, we 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 took going just going back to that film, mate. We realised that we'd done the that that new Indiana Jones film. Yeah, we did a, a Disney production together. And yeah. um, on that one, I've got to be honest, I went to Newcastle for a fitting and I, I arrived there plenty of time and I had a fitting for an SS soldier, but I also had a fitting for um, a second character. And um, this woman, well, this guy who was fitting me up says he... Um, he wanted me as an SS soldier. And this woman came running out of nowhere and was screaming, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's going to be a train driver. And I thought to myself, train? I don't want to be a train driver. I want, I want to be an officer. But when I realised that um, that my character was going to be a heavily featured and um, I was going to be interacting with Mads Mikkelsen, then I'd already worked yes. with Mads on a previous production called Fantastic Beasts. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, so I was his, I was his bodyguard. Um, I was Grindelwald's bodyguard in Fantastic Beasts Three. So I'd already spent six months with him. So to have this chance, it was like he was written 
in the stars. It was it was already it was amazing how things I, I, just... I think I think I remember saying to you, Paul, I, I think where I <laughs> I'm really interested in seeing the the the, the, the footage when the film's released now, because I was saying to you were I also played an SS soldier and then I played a a train mechanic and I think I was right by you, but we didn't we didn't, I don't think we spoke. Um but it's just no. really, really weird. Yeah. I mean there was a time where I was on set with Luke Goss um, and it was a film called The Lost Adjuster and um, I only went, I applied on Facebook and that I got a walk-on role via Facebook and I didn't realise what it was until I got there. Um, and I was in a scene with a woman called Elaine Eagleston who was a top, top agent and she was basically just making up the numbers in a funeral scene that we was in and Luke Goss was sitting directly behind me um, and he was talking in um, a, a, a funeral service and I had to hush him, turn around and, and hush him and that was all I had to do. And just, um, just for the listeners, I want to say, Paul, you actually look a bit like Luke Goss. <laughs> do you know exactly what he said? Uh, but I, but then I, I had a lot of hair, so um, that went for me, yeah. I, I did have that when I was on set. Um, but when... I was talking to some random on Facebook about this actual film and normally, normally people like to exaggerate what they've done, um, but I've really learnt my lesson not to. So I just basically say exactly what I've done and and, and that's it. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't know that Elaine Eagleston was following this conversation um, and I didn't really know, I didn't know her name. Then. So if I would have over-exaggerated, um, exactly what I did in that movie. She she casted everyone but one person for that movie, and that one person was me because I got in there via Facebook. Yes, uh, if I'd have over exaggerated um, my part in this film, that I would have been. <laughs> I'd have looked like I'd have looked surprised idiot, but I didn't. I just says exactly what I did, and then Elaine that- Eagles um, privately messaged me and said. Um, are you the person that was sitting next to me? Now, when I sent her my picture of Luke that he took for me, I was in, she'd sent me her picture and I was standing in the background of her picture. So it was crazy. Um, and she is now, I'm that close for her to be my agent. So it's amazing how things connect. And yes. when you stay true to who you are and your word and your word and integrity means everything You've got to have a good name. You've got to have a good name, no matter what you do, because it takes years and years and years of dedication to get a good name. But it takes five seconds to destroy it. And people never never remember the good things that you've done. It's always the bad things that they always remember. I think you're right, and I think think that's some of the best advice any of our listeners could pay attention to, Paul, and that's why I wanted to get, get you on today. Um, you, you've just got so much fantastic advice and experience. It's um, it's powerful. Go on, you were going to say, Paul? Yeah, Andrew. Well, I mean, that's that bless you for saying so because I'm not right. going to take no gratitude for anything or creditation because this is not me that's doing this. And for me to take credit for someone else's work is just wrong. So I'm not, I'm not. But what I will do is I'll we're, give... We're, we're, we're referring back to the big man here, aren't we, Paul? Yes, well, I'm, I'm referring to I'm referring to Jesus. Um, yes. He, yeah, I see himself. I mean, for me, um, 
I give up what I thought I had, everything that I thought I had, and I give up and give back to him. And in return, he has given me the plan that he had set for me all along, but I didn't realise it. I didn't take time out of my life to find that plan for me, God's plan. Now, everyone's got a plan. God has a plan for everybody, but not everybody will go out and find that plan. They'll just live in an existence that they create for themselves. And I'm not saying that's wrong. Each to their own. But a lot of people will spend their life in a job that will permanently make them miserable and they'll never achieve anything and it will leave that that lasting longlessness that they're searching for and they never will, you know. And I'm not saying that you need to follow what I've done. But if you want to do what I do and you want to live how I live, then do what I did. And that's exactly the words that Denzel Washington used in one of his speeches. And that's exactly what I did. I've seen seen that speech, mate. I've seen that on TED Education. And that speech that I... good speech. I I, I listen to it every day, daily, weekly. Um, And he had a prophecy or someone had a prophecy for him. And he was in the same sort of didn't know where he was, what was going on, where he wanted to go. I was approaching 40 and I was pushing the lawnmower. And again, I am not saying that that's wrong. But at the time, I knew that I wasn't in the plan that was made for me. I was just living my plan that I had made for myself. And it wasn't the right one. Brilliant words, Paul. Didier, you were going to ask a question about Paul Paul writing some books? About his book, because I'm very interested about book. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, Paul, uh, how did you go on about writing your own book that I believe that you are currently doing, or is it finished? Yes, did I? Well, I'll be honest, brother. Um, I've, it's in the, only in the beginning stages. Um, yeah. I started my career in 2018, so I'm really at the first quarter of of the book. So I'm probably on page four or five at the moment. Okay. But the reason I had the idea, I had the idea from day one, but I had nothing to write about. But now I'm an actor and I've I spent a lot of time with Mads Mikkelsen, as I mentioned previous. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned the story of Rocky and Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. and how he became who he is today. Mm-hmm. And when I told Mads about my story, he was bowled over. He says, you, you need to write a book. Uh, or at least make a movie. And and I, to get that accreditation of Mads Mikkelsen, um, Jude Law, Eddie Redmayne, huge names. Um, first for me, okay, I need to write this book. Um, and if the book goes well, maybe I could turn it into a film one day as Sylvester Stallone did with Rocky. But instead of basing it on a fictional person, I can actually base it on true facts of the person that had a boyhood dream um that has now become reality yeah and i i think i actually said the same to you paul when i when i met you last week first thing i said when we were in that boardroom was we need to talk about making a film about your life story you did mate you did man and and as i say as a great saying goes great minds think alike um you know like you said you've had a similar um similar similar experience my friends yeah yeah so I think because of we've had that similar experience, then our sort of mindset is in the same ballpark, and I'm now, I, I know now why you had that reason in, yeah. in your head. Yes, and 
Do you know what I'm going to move on to, Paul? I'm just going to ask you about, obviously because of acting, and I know that all the uh, production companies got locked down for a while. Um, how, how has the COVID crisis affected yourself? How have you dealt with things? Wow, great question there, dude. Good I've question. got to be honest. Sorry. Great question. Um, well, the COVID situation, as for everyone in the entire world, has made them evaluate or reevaluate what's important to them, where you need to be, where you want to be going, and who you want to be going with. I think it's made everyone analyse their own life, their own behaviour, their own um, lifestyle choices, and make changes where, where, where you know where needed. As for my acting, yes, everything shut down, but because I come from a working class background, um, I again got my mama and started mowing lawns until until everything started to open back up. But in my own head, I had accepted the fact that maybe it wouldn't happen again. But I was so chuffed with myself that I achieved that status, even if it was only for a short while. But God had a plan for me, and I'm sure it wasn't just for a few a few days. And when everything opened back up, everything came back, but more than I ever expected. I mean, since COVID, I've had, um, I've been on Cobra, Curry, um, Fantastic Beasts, uh, again, uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, I've been booked for a stand-in in another, another um, Warner Brothers production. So I feel like, if I'm honest, that God, a short, I've shortchanged God in anything because everything that he keeps giving me and keeps giving me and keeps giving me, even in the COVID situation, um, it, I, I just feel like I don't, I just don't deserve it, you know. Um, I need to be a better person every day. I need to be a better person. And it's not about doing things. It's about helping people. Um, even if you don't, even if it's not seen and it's better not seen. So you can't, you can't be seen to be doing it for a reason. And it's, it's how you spend your time in your, in your personal time where no one can see what you're doing. How do you spend your time then? Because that's the most important time you'll ever have. I mean, from a, from a childhood, um, I had a dream of, of being an actor. I, I always found it easy to talk to people on in different sorts of levels, but never thought I would ever, it would ever happen to me. It could never in any way happen. But you know what? When, when I did give my life to God and I went to prison and my life got worse and worse, um, I thought it was meant to get better and better, but a relationship without the Lord, without any sac sacrifice, will mean nothing, and you'll get nothing from it, and it and it'll ultimately fuel disappointment, and that's what people associate. And it's not that; it's just give up your life, just stop doing what you're doing, and accept Him, and everything will change. Trust me, and it did. So when people ask me. I will tell them, look, I will tell you exactly what I'm doing. Um, whether you choose to believe me or not, is uh, it, that, that's, that's your choice. But I will tell you exactly what I'm doing. And I just hope it works for you. And that's why I'm trying to that's get my people, story out there. It's brilliant, mate. Uh, what Before I just hand you back over to DA, because I know he's got another question for you uh, cool. to finish off. I, I just want to say, clearly your story 
and the advice that you're offering us all. It can bring ha greater happiness to everyone, to a multitude of people. But what would you say are your three top tips for anyone who wants to make a positive change or seek happiness in their life? What would you say are the three things that come to mind, first of all? The first thing that I had to do was change my mindset because if you don't change your mindset, the outcome will never be any different. And to expect it to be any different is, is delusional. So you've got to change your mindset. So first, I changed my mindset to accept God, and then I did. But in order to do that, I had to give up everything, everything that I was doing, everything the way I was living. I had to assess everything. And it brought, it brought me closer to my family. So never forget who you are. Always stay true to who you are. And thirdly, is never, never give up on yourself. Never look at yourself in the mirror and say you're not good enough because you are. I was lucky enough to be born with a genius that was a bit that was being an actor. But everyone's got a genius. Everyone has a genius locked inside them. So find it. Take time out of your life to find what your passion is and follow it. Not everyone's going to be an actor. Some may be doctors. Some may be a fireman. Some may be inventors. Whatever it may be. Just find out what it is and pray on it. Test, test his word. And I promise you, he'll reveal yourself to him. And when he does, take the chance. It's not a chance, but, but take him as his word and, and, and go for it. Um, Paul, I've got a question for you. And that's something to do with um, what's your, um, your daily routines. Uh, you mentioned your exercises, something that you do every day. Uh, do you like uh, do you like meditate? Uh, you mentioned you read the Bible. So, is there like a, a favorite part, a favorite uh, chapter of the Bible that you read every day um, that helps yeah. you to, to start? Personally, day? yeah. Personally, I um, I have a friend, um, uh, Roger Clark. He's been my best friend for twenty five years, and he led me to he he led me to the Lord. So he has he sends out a word for the day, and it could be on any verse. But personally, I read Proverbs. And the reason I, re I read Proverbs is because it tells you how to live. It tells you how to, how to live as a correct person, as a godly person, how to be integral, because the integrity is everything you need to move forward. So I take time out of my life, especially each day, to assess what I want and set yourself goals, achievable goals, Because if you don't set yourself goals, you'll achieve nothing and you'll get nowhere and you'll spend a whole lot of time doing nothing and you'll be a busy fool, which means you'll be running around everywhere, but not really achieving nothing. So set yourself goals like I did, um, little goals, um, trying to, I don't know, it could be anything, not swear or not to curse anybody or mm -hmm. to anything achievable goals so once i achieve little goals then i could achieve bigger ones like to pass an audition um to go on a photo shoot without being nervous to talk with conviction and little goals but achievable goals and i'll and before you know it you're halfway through where you need to be so you can look back and then you can look forward and then you can look at where you are and assess where you need to go So have, have, have achievable goals and daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, whatever works for you. Okay. And I, I have my talking Bible on 
when I go to sleep of an evening, um, not every night, but most evenings. Um, and it's something that I can take around with me all day. Um, I tend not to listen to radio too much or the TV. Um, believe it or not, <laughs> I don't watch TV at all much. Um, so, yeah, set yourself for goals, achievable goals, no matter how weekly, daily, monthly, whatever works for you. Great. And uh, lastly, or, where can we... Okay, Andy. Yeah, sorry, Dids. Yeah, I, I probably was going to ask the same question. I was just going to ask Paul, uh, if we want to find out more about you, if the listeners want to find out more about you, how can they go about that? I'm, I'm on social media, so I'm on all the platforms. There's Facebook, um, Instagram. Yes. Paul, Paul Candle is my name. Uh, feel free to Google me. Um, most of my story, uh, my journey's on there already. Um, and if you, obviously, if you need, if anyone listens to my voice needs help or advice, and I can advise you in any way, then I'm open to anyone messaging me. Um, I will get back to you at some point. If I don't get back to you straight away, I will do. Um, and if I can help you, brilliant. If I can advise you even better, um, if I can point you in the direction where you need to be, um, then awesome. Brilliant. Paul, that's amazing. And uh, I, I've learned a lot just from, from listening to you today and, and getting the responses to the questions that, that I asked and DA I asked. And I really look forward to seeing you again, bro. Um, I'm hopefully we'll, we'll bump into each other at some point along along the lines. And uh, I would definitely ask you, stay in touch, mate, because I'm I'm super impressed. And it'd be so nice to meet someone as positive as, as you are, because I've been really trying hard since I stopped my teaching career a few months ago because of what you said. I just didn't think yeah. it was the the right place for me to be and I wanted to change my life and that's why I started this podcast with Didier he was very much in the the same frame of mind is that right Didier yeah it is yeah, it is uh, but I just like to uh, thank Paul again for today because he's been very that's inspirational it. and uh, I look forward to uh, to write that to read that book when uh, when you get it when you get it finished well Didier you know um you Andy um you're all part of my journey man and, and like I said, I'm only a quarter of the way through, so you're going to be in the book, uh, along with Andy. I mean, I've, I've been on a film set and we didn't even realise, so I'm sure Andy will, will, will be together again soon, man. I hope um, so, bro. I hope so. Um, God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing your time with us all today. And hopefully at some point, Paul, uh, we'll, we'll get you back on and we'll be able to see a, a little bit more about your journey. Yes, mate. I love this day. It's going to be a pleasure talking to you again. Oh, thank you, Paul. Thanks again. And, and, and obviously, to, to, to you as well, brother, man. Um, thank you for the opportunity to allow not, not only to get my story out there, but to reach out to anyone that may be going through what, the same things as what we did. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been great. Thank you.